0: Part of every pastor's job, whether they do it or not, is to equip people. Jesus told the disciples, he says, listen, you go and make disciples. He didn't say, you do it all, or you watch somebody. He said, you do it. He said, you make disciples. Now, in your bulletin on the right, there's other announcements in there. But I want you to pay close attention to that whole right page, and I want you to keep that bulletin with you. No one in this sanctuary can afford to leave a single bulletin laying in a chair today. And and so I want you to to listen, all right? Last week, I talked to you about 30,000 people. And the same thing you have in your hand, I'm going to show you on the screen right now. I've heard so much about... Shooting, copycat shooting, we can go to Walmart, uh, that, that unfortunate incident, and, and we can just talk about this. And it's not, it's not a gun problem, it's not a political problem, it's not a mental illness problem, okay? It, it's, it's not even a bad economy problem. It's a sin problem, folks. When you have sin controlling your life, you have no say-so over what you do. Self-control, listen to me. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, okay? It's not a fruit of the evil spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Well, you say, well, I know a lot of people that are not saved, let alone filled with the Spirit. and They have a lot of self-control. No, they're not. there's just a lot of... People that have a lot of discipline and they have a lot of uh, integrity or respect and all that. And you can have all those things and not be a candidate or a, a, a citizen of heaven, I should say. So what I'm going to be doing for a long time is talking to you about 30,000 people or so that live right here with you. That out of those 30,000 people... There's more than one, two, or five, or a dozen that are capable of taking assault rifles. And, and all of you that m- maybe you, you have a, a fetish for wanting to get rid of guns uh, until somebody pulls one on you or your children, you do. But anyway, somebody did a lot of damage, I heard this week, uh, with a knife. Just went crazy with a knife killing people. So, you know, you, you can't outlaw everything. I mean, then we'll get down to people are killing people with rubber bands. And, 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 and so it's not, it's not, everybody tries to politicize everything, everything, everything. Because it'll help them win and get in control so they can not do anything. So there's my soapbox. We don't have a sin, we don't have a situation problem or a label problem. We have a sin problem and several, several hundred Thousands of people, 30,000 people that if they don't know the Lord and we are kind of under the impression that they don't know the Lord. How do you say that? Because God's people will obey his word, which includes the book of Hebrews that says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. That means people won't stay out of the church. I shared what I'm sharing with you right now with about a dozen pastors sitting right back there where those couches are on Thursday. And when I got through sharing with them what God said, and this right here, every one of them said, Hallelujah, amen, brother. That's the truth right there. So we have 30,000 people or so. We we can account for about anywhere from three, not even really five, 3,000 people that go to church in Scotland County based on census that have been taken. All right? These 30,000 people are going to go to hell if they're not saved. They're going to hell, folks. They're your children. They're your nephews. They're your niece. They're your grandchildren. They're your neighbors. They're co-workers' children that have grown up with your family. They're going to hell. They're going to hell, plain and simple. They are going to a torment for all eternity that was not designed, nor created, nor made for them. They're going to hell. And possibly, if something doesn't change in here, maybe some of you are too, your children, grandchildren. I'm just not being mean. I'm being very truthful. So we've got 30,000 people in Scotland County that are without a church, but more importantly, they are possibly without Jesus. God has spared your life in this building right now and those of you that are watching so that you can be instrumental in changing that. And together, if we follow this plan, we can wipe out this number. And I am declaring and introducing to you this morning, let's be the first church in history that completely wins their entire life county and everybody that believes all things are possible stand to your feet and only if you believe that and clap and say amen only if you really believe that. Hallelujah. And I purposely did not make eye contact because I don't want to see if people stood or didn't stand. Because if you don't stand and clap, there's a great chance you will not move from your environment to go save not one of those 30,000. I made a statement about a week ago, and I'm getting into the message here in just a second. But I made a statement that, that we are changing some things, not the leading of the Lord, but we're changing... Some things in our service, during the service, we are, we are designing them, praying about them, fasting over them for where we can reach the world. We're not compromising. We're not doing anything weird or different. And you may not even notice anything different. But I'm telling you that God liberated me about a week ago. He really did. Seven hours from here, God liberated me and opened my heart And open my eyes and see, and and I hate to admit this, I hate to admit it, but I've been so afraid at times of what you think, and I get upset, emotionally upset, not in a mad way, but when I know people are, and, and they've always done that. People grill you because you follow the Lord, and they just don't like it. So it's easier to grill a preacher or a church than it is to talk against God. Amen. It really is. Because we won't dare jaw back with God, but we will we will jaw back with God's spokesman, though. Read your Bible. It's always happened, and I don't know why I find it so disturbing. So, I've always been worried, and, and you design, well, we don't want to sing but 15 minutes because people get tired, but the same people that get tired stand up for an hour and a half to watch a secular event. That's where the world, if, They'd do a mic drop right then and just walk off the stage. But I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to get you to see we got 30,000 people. You're breathing air right now because you can do something about it. You're not breathing air so you can enjoy tomorrow or you can enjoy today. See, that's what he's doing for you right now in heaven. He's creating that for you right now. So when you get there, after you finish this work for him, he's got it made for you. Everything from a mansion to, I, I, I don't know, uh, I, I know my arm will be fixed and I can play golf again up there. I can throw a ball again up there. Uh, all kind. Of, so he's working on all that for you. Storehouses. He told you to put stuff there for that reason. While you finish stuff for him. You remember Jesus said, I'm going away. But I'm going so I can leave you here to go work on what you want. So you can finish doing what I want. So it's real easy to understand, isn't it? He's going to do something for you down here. So you can be a part of it. And then he's going to train you and tell you with His Word and leave men and women in churches and places and teachings so you can finish that so that He can go back to where He come from to work on something for you that you can't work on for yourself. That's your mansion. That's Gold Streets. That That's loved ones. Region. You can't work on any of that. But you can do this. And you'd be surprised that what you still have left in you that can contribute to that number falling drastically. So we're going to employ four four ways of reaching our community first. We're going to start here before we get on a plane and worry about going to Haiti or anywhere else. And I'm not against all that. But I'm saying, why walk over, stumble over 30,000 people to go reach the same people that are lost and go to the same hell? Amen? See, I got an investment here. This is your family and friends we're talking about. So I, I, I've got a lot at stake here that I want to do. And I hope nobody's being distracted right now because if the devil would ever like to get your mind on something else, it's right now, honey. He ain't want you to know anything about this. Just keep on doing So the church, we're going to do things that is designed... For people to come in here and their hearts to be wide open to receive the gospel. So it may get uncomfortable what I'm saying. We're, we're no longer designing church service for, for me worrying about if you're going to get mad if we sing over 15 minutes. Or we're not going to design church because I know you're going get to get up and leave because somebody's waiting on you at Colons at 1201. I can't do that anymore. I've got to stand before this God. I can't do it anymore. So we're starting today. I kind of introduced it to you last week, but the way we do that, we start by praying before we do anything. We pray for these 30,000 people, the people that threw the rocks at the bus, the people that raped the children that's in jail, the people that abused their wives, the people that embezzled money, the people that... uh, Committed adultery, the people that lie, the people that do all the things that people without Jesus do. We pray for them. Everyone say, pray for them. I've got to pray for them. I've got to pray for them. I don't care what they have done to get them where they are. I've got to pray for them. I've got to pray for their community. And then I've got to love on them. Say that with me. I have to love on them. That means I have to leave my world and I've got to go to their world. In just a few minutes at the end of the message, I'm going to tell you what we're doing instead of a Christmas play this year for a twofold purpose. And it's directly related to this. But we have to love on them by going to where they are. It might mean taking a track to them, but it may mean wearing a multitudes or not even a multitudes church just says, Jesus loves you. I'm doing this because I love you. And raking leaves in the fall. Or carrying them a hot dog. Setting up a grill. And then it might include in that same neighborhood and community, setting up the LOL and following up with some, some great presentation of the gospel. Are you following me? See, all churches, even all that that we went to last week, they're all designed for people to come to them. But that's not what Jesus said. Now, a lot of them are doing great things a couple of times a year. But Jesus didn't say, set up your church. He said, go ye. You go. I'm not talking about the old car. You go to them. Go ye. So we've got to love on them. We can't keep picking up the Larnberg Exchange or reading Facebook and, and, and just giving our two cents about how frustrated we are, church. We've got to go show them something they're not seeing from the church or the world, the government or the county or the city or anybody. We've got to touch their heart and love on them without any strings attached and, God forbid, without any money involved and just show them what Jesus looks like before he returns. We've got to pray for them. And then we've got to love on them. And then we've got to take them by the hand, whether it's while we're giving them a hot dog or wrecking their leagues or when they come into this church or at an LOL event or whatever we're doing, and we've got to lead them into sinner's prayer. We've got to introduce them to this Savior, this King that we sang about a while ago. We've got to lead them to Jesus. And then after we do that, this is the beautiful part. And I'll read this scripture. This scripture just tells us what Jesus told us to do. We'll go back to the other slide. I'll show you all four verses. And then I'm going to show you at the bottom, John 20 and 21 says, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. You know why people are busy throwing rocks and shooting guns and all that? Because the church has not shown them that they still have a place in this earth to do a great and mighty work for Jesus. Because Jesus just wasn't talking to the early church and the 12 disciples. He was talking to me and you when he says, I'm training you so you can train them and they can train them them, and they can train them, and we've got to launch them. When people find a place to work with their hands for Jesus, they won't grab knives and guns and rocks or anything else. They'll grab things that make them feel good that they're making a contribution to something that will never die or rot, and that's called treasures in heaven. Is anybody getting this at all? Are you just waiting on me to stop? Do you understand what I'm telling you? Because if you don't, you know what? I love God enough to just train wreck church the way we think it should go in our mind and start all over and go again. Oh, Lord. Yes, I got it, up Oh, I, I know better than you. Oh, I know it by heart. I'm serious. Church, somebody's going to die and go to hell because this is avoided by people that say they're blood, blood bought by the blood of Jesus. And there's something bad drastically wrong with that so we we got to pray for them we got to pray to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan and that's why they do these things church it isn't because the right person is not in office they do this because they're under the power of Satan And we've got to get involved in this. Jesus made us more than conquerors, which means the power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, and it's more powerful than the power of Satan. And we've got to do that, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in me. And we've got to be the good Samaritan. A good Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Two different cultures, two different races, two different religions were told not to have any dealings. Segregation at its worst. But the good Samaritan didn't care about religion. Church, that's predictable. He didn't care that the priest and the Levite didn't do it, who should have been running to instead of away from it. And so we got a lot of people in the body of Christ, starting with preachers, that run from real needs in this world, and that's people needing Jesus instead of running to them. The good Samaritan, he stopped what he was doing. His schedule was the schedule that God had. Not where he was going, but God said, there's a need right there. So that was his agenda right there. We've got to get used to hearing the voice of God again and doing what he says to do. And then after you do this, you lead them. You lead them very easily because the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that win his souls is wise. You're either wise or you're just a smart Ellen And nobody likes a smart aleck. Amen. Nobody gets saved because of smart alecks. But people that are wise understand, look, when I see you, I don't see a person that's successful or poor or famous or bathed or or whatever. I see a soul that's going to one of two destinations. I'm preaching and this ain't even really a message. I'm preaching though. And that's what you're here for, to be wise. Wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And the last thing is, we're just going to turn them loose again. Now, in a minute, just a couple of minutes, I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it. But before we do that, we've got to go into the Word. So is everybody everybody, understanding the direction we're going in? And I never thought I would say this because this gets, this gets, you, know, you could have left that out. No, I can't. I've got to say it because I want you to know I'm tired of bad news being the only news we hear about, church. I'm ready for a revival of the Holy Ghost that changes people, and those people are instrumental and they go change people. That's what I'm ready to start hearing about. So I'm telling you the way we're going. And if you say, Opie, I don't know, man. I just, I like things the way they are. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really am. I'm sorry. But this is the way we have to go if we're going to fulfill the great commission. There's no other way. I can't do what I like. I can't do what you like or what I think might other people. We've got to do what God says to do that's going to get people out of this predicament called sin. And anybody else that wants to amen with Barbie, you can, but you don't have to. I'm cool with all that now. You don't have to. So let's pray because we're about to read the word, all right? Father, I love you. I pray in the name of Jesus you would take the seed because the enemy doesn't want none of this to happen. He likes us just to stay comfortable, extremely predictable week in and week out. We're not going to rock the boat. We're not going to take any of the 30,000. He wants all that just status quo, stay like you are. But God, that's not what you called us to. He's trying to steal that. He's trying to steal the seed that I'm about to... Reveal now, Lord, but he's a liar and a thief. So in the name of Jesus, help us not to distract nor be distracted. And anoint me, Lord, in the holy name of Jesus, I pray. All God's people said amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we started talking about an incident that happened when Jesus laid his hand on a demoniac uh, that could not even be uh, held in a, a traditional jail. He had to be held in tombs and he he had to be confined with chains that would break all the time because of the demons plural that was inside of him. And so one day Jesus and and he couldn't even keep his clothes on. He was that enraged and wild from the evil spirits. And so when Jesus was walking in the in region that day, the Bible tells me and you that he came along and The demon saw him, and when the demon saw him, the man cried out, Oh, Jesus, what are you doing? Leave us alone. And I'm paraphrasing to get your attention. Jesus said, What's your name? What's your name? He cried out and said, Legions, for we are many. And the story goes that Jesus was about to cast them demons out, and they cried out and said, Don't do that. Please, please don't send us to the abyss. Don't do that. Don't send us there. And and there was a herd of pigs over there. You know, I'm just recapping this quickly. And he said, Let us go over there. So the Lord Jesus granted them and didn't send them to, to hell. He sent them into the herd of pigs. And they went that way, and they ran violently into the hill, and then the real the real cream came to the to the top you ready all of the people in town they loved the miracle they loved that but it was just too much for them they didn't want quite that much of Je- they didn't want jesus at that because somebody just lost a bunch of pigs and they didn't want all they didn't want they wanted jesus but they didn't want it to cost them something or their friend his business They didn't want. So this is what they did. This is a true story. You can read it. Luke chapter 8. They asked him to leave. And so the Bible says he did. He left. And then over in Luke chapter 8 verse 40, the Bible tells us. In fact, I I, I love it. They they can put it on the screen or I'll just tell you this. So when Jesus returned, after the, the folks that saw all the great things said, leave. So Jesus did. So when he returned to the place where he was going, that the multitude welcomed him for they were waiting for him. So see, there's a group that they don't want all that. They don't want to win 30,000 people. I mean, we'll fill the church up, but that's about good. We'll even add on another service because then we can brag we got to. But third, we don't we don't want to go out there. We don't want to go to Washington Park. We don't want to go where we started 20 years ago or whatever, uh, McDuffie Village. And we we you know it's worse than it was then. But we don't want to do that now. We just we just we'll just stay here and let people come to us that we approve of. Church, we've been doing this a long time, a long time, and we just don't even realize it. We have. So, Jesus went. To where people were welcoming him and they were waiting on him and then the Bible tells us in the very next verse when 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 you welcome the Lord this is how you enter this is how you wake up every day when you start off welcoming or worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth there has always been and I'm about to prove it to you there has always been a response from Almighty God when people welcome him they don't moan and groan. We went through that. The lady with the daughter that was possessed, she prayed, cried out. Nothing happened. You remember last week. But then she worshiped, and she got the Lord's attention, and things happened. And that scenario has always been in place. We've just missed that. And so this, this these people just did that. They welcomed the Lord, and they waited on Him. And when you do that, here it goes. And so immediately they didn't have to have church growth plan or anything else the bible tells us that jairus came on the scene come running because he knew he could get help so he came up on the scene and sure enough he started telling jesus and jesus turned to go but before i finish the story i want to prove to you that welcoming and worship has always been around and to do that I need to take you to the Old Testament to the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter 5 alright and I just want you to bear with me one minute so here we go chapter 5 verse 13 indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one everybody say that's unity that's one mind one accord acts two, unity so when the trumpeters the singers the worshipers, the band, were as one to make one sound. Say, that's unity. It sure is. You're right. To be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. So in other words, when they played the keyboard, the bass, the guitars, the drums, the horns, the cymbals, and all that stuff, it, it, it sounded like different instruments. And I like to think that's that's, that, that's my grandson worshiping right now. Can you hear that? It sounds like a keyboard's playing. And, And I've been working with him on that too. True story. It sounds like the drums are playing, a drum beat. It sounds like the bass and the guitars are playing. But in heaven, it sounds not like an instrument, but it sounds in the ears of God that they're saying, Thank you, God. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. That's what God hears. You hear a snare drum. God hears, thank you, Lord. You hear somebody singing soprano. He hears, thank you, Father. You hear somebody singing tenor. He says, your mercies endure forever. You hear a cymbal, but that's not what God hears. God hears, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You clap your hands because you don't know the words. You're brand new. But that's not what God hears. God hears, thank you, Father, for you are worthy of all the praise it's the same thing when people speak in tongues you hear a language you don't know but that's not what God hears God hears something the devil can't even hear and that's the same way when we are one That's why when you walk in this building next week, I don't know if you'll get here in time for coffee or not or the 915 prayer. I don't know that, and you may not even know that, but I do know this. By 1030, you need to have your game face on and whatever song's coming on, you need to sing it and you need to sound like one voice because I don't know what the lyrics are yet, but I know what God will hear. He will hear praise and harmony. He will hear glory that you cannot hear because you sing one thing... But God, here's another thing. So when the people did this, all this is worship. This is Old Testament we're talking about. I'm about to give you the weight, And I'm about to give you the after effect. And they were praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the simples, simples that's spelled S-I-M-P-L-E-S for those of you that, that, that heard me say it wrong. But when they lifted up their voices with all the instruments, including the cymbals. Now, God's heard all the music from the instrument. Now he's hearing the music that I just described to you that's coming from you. This is why we practice. This is why we pray over our worship. This is why we, God, we want to give you an excellent praise. We're not performing for anybody but we are worshiping you and you deserve our best. We've been driving that home here. So we got to yawn, we got to look like we're singing what we really mean, what we know he's done in my life because if I sing with glory on my face, it might cause you to want to walk away from sin and start having glory on your face. That's why everything matters in the house of God. The way we play, the way we present ourselves, the way we greet you at the door, the way we love on you at the altar, the way we have time with you everything matters because it's a selling point to a sinner church so when they did this they praised the Lord and the cymbals and all the music and all of this harmony came together uh oh it's a great eruption about to take place in heaven and I'm going to show it to you and this, is, they said for he is good for his mercy endures forever that the house so all that was the worship And here comes the weight. They were doing that, okay. We're singing. What's going to happen? We're singing. We're playing. What's going to happen? We're singing because we know that God's just not going to sit there and say, well, that's all right today. No, He's not going to do that. He's moved. He inhabits. He gets up and He walks to where He hears it. So we know He's not going to. So they sang. They played a little more. They hit the cymbals again. They played and all of a sudden, we know He's going to do something. We know He's going to do something. He's not going to just sit here and let me sing and get hoarse. He's not going to let me just beat these drums or play this kid. He's not going to do that. Not God. He's already heard say His mercy is good and His truth endures are all generations. He's already heard all that. I know. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Then the house, hallelujah, glory to your name, the whole house, read it for yourself, was filled with a cloud. The whole house was filled with a cloud. And then verse 14 just says, so it was so full that the priests could not continue carrying out service. Because see, There comes, hallelujah, there comes a moment, I believe, in every church service where God wants you to do all you can do, study to show yourself approved, prepare yourself, tune your hearts, tune your instruments, tune your voice, do your due diligence, I think there can come a climatic moment in every house of worship that gathers in the name of Jesus Christ where you can do everything and God says, okay, you've done it, here I am, so you can sit down let me do my work I'll finish the rest of the service and you're reading it for yourself so that the priest could not continue ministering because the cloud caused the glory of the Lord filled the house of God that's what we call church right there I really could just take off right now I could I gotta take off I gotta tell you but I, I gotta finish preaching so let me come down there. It's probably cooler where you are anyway. And in closing, I want to tell you this story. So Jesus hears from, from, from Jairus Master, 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 <laughs> my daughter, Master, my daughter, my daughter, Master. Jesus is moved. And all of a sudden, he gets up to go. And when Jesus gets up to go, a crowd starts gathering behind him. I mean people from everywhere. The Bible says, if you read your Bible, the Bible says that they thronged him. There were so many people in the crowd. Excuse me, I'm sorry. There were so many people in the crowd. That day, that the word throng means suffocate. People came from everywhere. They were gathered around Jesus. They saw Jesus. They heard about the demoniac with legions. They knew all that. And people were coming from everywhere. And Jesus was trying his best to get to Jairus' house. But all of a sudden, among the crowd of people... Among all of the people that were so thick on him, a woman with an issue of blood, the Bible says, she had been suffering for years. She spent all the money. Sound familiar? She didn't have any other options. But she reached through the crowd. She pressed. The Bible says she pressed. She worked her way because she was that desperate. And she said, if they're going to throng him, I am too because he's got what I need. And she worked her way through there and she pressed. And the Bible says she got to hold the hem of his garment. And when she touched the hem of his garment Jesus said stop who touched me who touched me and when she touched him the hem of his garment Jesus did not feel her touch his skin she did not feel Jesus touch her skin but I'll tell you what happened she had been in a worship environment. And she came, and although it was just threads on the bottom of his clothing, Jesus could fill her faith. And they said, What do we do? All these people, master, everybody, the crowd thrown. How did and you ask us who touched? Jesus, no, 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 no. And then the Bible goes on to tell us that the lady, she confessed it was her. I want you to hear me. If you didn't hear nothing today, please hear this. You've got to take this home with you. You're going to need this. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith. I didn't touch you. You really didn't touch me. But your faith got my attention among all of these people. It was your faith that got my attention. It was your faith that I could feel. It was your desperation in the middle of a crowd and this morning at this church service it can't be your attendance it can't be what you tell people you are. I'm telling you that God is still in the business of moving mountains, drying up blood flows, taking care of demons but the body of Christ has got to worship him in spirit and truth and we've got to walk by faith once again and you will hear from him heaven and he will heal the land he will take care of you he will move mountains he will open the eyes of the blind he can heal a community but the body of Christ has got to get to where once again we don't have a problem worshiping God we don't have a problem waking up every day welcoming God into our life and in our situation I want you in my mess God I want you in my problems I'm not going to block you out I want you in the middle of what's going on I need you in this even if it's all good you don't want to take one step in prosperity without the Lord God you want to welcome Him in everything you do because you see this mixed up world that you're living in you've got to have God and the only way to walk with God and get His attention is by faith how are we going to win 30,000 people Opie? how? we're going to do it We're going to pray. We're going to be doing things between now and then. But we're not going to do. We thought about doing a Christmas play. But I showed you a clip about a month ago of John Maxwell speaking at a church for about three or four minutes about presenting souls to Jesus. This morning the Lord reminded me, starting at the end of November right after Thanksgiving, And we'll do things before then, but for Christmas. Instead of all the time and energy, practice and money, everything we was. We're going to our community. We'll get shirts made. We'll do whatever we got to do to identify the body of Christ that we're of one. But all the time that we would commit to that as a church, as a church. We're going to go into our community starting at the very first of December. We might rake leaves. up. Uh, we, we might take food. We might just help. We might just be there. We might repair a fence. Or we might go and pass out tracks. And that all might be included. And, and we may possibly set up two or three times with LOL. So I'm telling you, get your boots back out. I know they're dusty in the closet, but get them out. We're talking about hell here. This is what I want to do more than anything else on the 25th. Of December when we come in here I want to present 25 souls to Jesus Christ for his birthday present I want to present 25 souls they may not be here that day in fact they may never even come to our church but we can still have 25 names at least that we give to the son on his birthday 25 I'm not going to ask you, do you think we can do it? It's going to be done. It's already done. God wants that morning. He wants your money. He wants your knowledge. He wants anything. God wants that. He sent Jesus down here to suffer, to prove that's what he wanted. Do I have any takers in the building? My life ain't worth nothing if I'm not doing that. Do I have any takers at all in the building? I want you to stand up if you are a taker. If you're a taker, I want you to stand up. I want you to, I'll I tell you what, I want you to do more than stand up. I want us to come declare this at the altar together today. Every, every person that says, you know what? Opie, I'm not really able to get out and, and walk a whole lot or I, I don't know a lot about the Bible. See, there's a lot of things the devil will help you for free. To tell you what you can't do. But you because you're in this church service today and you are a human and you're living, proves that God kept you here. Because you can hand somebody a bowl of soup when we do this. You can do that. I don't even know you, but I know you can hand somebody a napkin. And that's just like Billy Graham preaching to millions all over the world. I don't have... Anything, any more information than what I just gave you, but God's going to set this up for us. And we really were. We were going to do a a great Christmas play this year, but just this morning, I said, but God, what do you want? And I was passing a field of goats, and I don't know why he hit me then. But he said, I really would like for y'all to give me some people this year. That's what I really like, Opie. Since you since you ask, that's what I want. Oh, glory to his name. And you know, the Lord never asked anything. But since he since he told me that, I can't get away from it, church. And I don't care about anything. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't care about anything else. I don't, I don't, empty church, full church. Plenty of money, no money. I don't care about anything else. I don't. I really don't. Oh, Lord. And I know, I know that's what He wants. It's not a matter if, if we can do it. You don't think God will equip us to do this? He'll equip us to do this. Morning, we'll build a building. That we can do this. We can pray for it. We're going to pray for them, right? We can love people. And I'm going to tell you, if if you don't like gays or you don't like Hispanics or you don't like anybody, you don't like Jews, you're that way because you really haven't felt the love of Jesus yet. You may have felt the love of religion, but you had not felt the love of Jesus. We see all these people out here on the news all the time, and they're doing all these things. You know why they're doing them? Because... They don't have what you do. Do any of you remember any of the stuff you did before you met Jesus? Can your mind even allow you to go back to some of the trash you did? Adultery, lying, stealing, just not being honest at work, drinking, smoking, cussing, drugging. I did it all. You could say that. But you know what made the difference? So many of you have told me this. Jesus came into your life. And don't you think Jesus can change Scotland County's life? I do. I think He can. I think He can heal. He can heal pata leukemia. He can do that. He went to the doctor in Duke. Yeah, He did. But who made the doctor? (sighs) Linda's got cancer. She's going to chemo. But who made the chemo? Every time you come to me with anything, I'll tell you what the Lord has told me. Hey, look, don't feel bad. It's just a short-term mission trip. You're supposed to talk to somebody. You're supposed to smile and tell somebody something. They may need to. Your cancer may not have a thing to do with why you're going through this. I just feel God. And I know, I know that cloud, I'm ready that cloud to fill this place. And it's here, I can tell it. And God is getting His bride ready. This is what it looks like. People are hungry. People are, are getting all the details ready because they want to be right. They want everything to be excellent on their wedding day. And we're getting ready for our wedding day. And this is what it looks like. It doesn't look like me buying and accumulating things for this world. That's not what a wedding day preparation looks like. It looks like me running around making sure this is done. Making sure McDuffie Village has been here. Making sure Washington Park. Making sure that Oakley or Laurel Hill or Wagram or Gibson or anywhere. That's what the checklist looks like to somebody who's wedding-minded. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to spend our days that are remaining, and we've got to say, oh, God, yeah, we've got to get to them. Opie, we hadn't set up at that neighborhood, and here's an opportunity. But we're going to start by praying right now. We're going to pray for every one of them. I don't care if you used to be married to one of them. I don't care if they're incarcerated. I don't care. They're going to hell or heaven. And nobody, despite what you think, was made to go to hell. God didn't do that. It's for the devil and his co-workers. So this is what I want you to do. I want us to start. I want us to start by praying right now for 30,000 people that we don't know. So if you'll close your eyes and raise your hands, you got to be vigilant. Now, you can't even you can't even be playing around now. You got to be vigilant, God. We come to you Raise your voices so we come to you, Lord. 30,000 people, friends and neighbors and enemies and relatives and business associates, co-workers, classmates, God, they're going to die and go to hell. And God, you've raised us up. you kept us alive. You've spared us from death and disease, Lord, to reach these people. And we're not going to do it just from a pulpit, Lord, but we're going to go out into the highways and to the hedges. You've already showed us that you've blessed us for this you've equipped us for this and now you're going to equip us internally to do this and how to handle and manage people once they're brought in so God we pray for the we pray for the harvest right now we pray for the neighborhoods right now Lord we pray Lord that we can be about your business oh God God, we pray for every stronghold of drug, every stronghold of corruption, every root of bitterness in our community, Lord, every divisive plan, racism, Lord, Lord, people being selective about different things. God, we come against all of it, Lord. We know that we can be the church that saves our county, Lord, through the power of the Holy Ghost and the perfect work of you, Jesus. So God, we do it. We spend the rest of our lives welcoming you into this situation and worshiping you as one when we come together because Lord we don't know what you're going to hear but we are going to make it our attention Lord and we're going to make it about our business to be one voice and one mind and one accord and then we're going to see you do great and mighty things that we know not of Lord. God, we believe this. You created every child and every student in this church for such a time as this, Lord. You kept all of us alive and together for such a time as this, Jesus. And God, we're not going to be preoccupied with anything that does not point people to you, Jesus, because we just simply do not have time. And while you're praying, if you're not a believer, this is all you need to do is say, Jesus, I came to this church. I was just visiting or I'm here and I've never given my heart to you. And I've got to surrender today. I've heard him say that word hell several times today and it frightens me. I know that I'm not promised this afternoon. So forgive me of my sins, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. I give you my life. I give you my future. Forgive me of my sins. And if you do that, the Lord says, okay, I've just been waiting. I Revelation 3, I've just been knocking. I've been standing at the door. I've just been waiting. And I'm coming in, and me and you are going to enjoy the rest of life together. If you pray that, if you'll come to this altar, or you'll message us right now, Somebody's waiting. They can respond to you right now online. And we'll put tools in your hands. And we'll get you involved. Get your hands involved in doing something that makes a difference. God, we want to be about your business the rest of our life. So we need you to let the words of our mouths, the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. You are our strength. And you are our redeemer. And God, this is what we are going to do. We come From now on, we come Wednesday night. Lord, I said we come. One accord, Wednesday night. The ladies, the men, the students. We've got to realize, Lord, in order for things to change around us, we've got to change. We've got to do things that we've just kind of dismissed or made excuses for, God. The day is the day of salvation.